0: This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Go With Yamo. Go With Yamo is an art exhibition app which helps you to find the exhibitions, art fairs and art events happening all around you. The app displays exhibitions based on your location. So the one closest to you will be at the top of the list. But if you're planning a trip, you can of course change your location to a different city. What makes the app really fun is that whenever you are at an exhibition, you can check in and earn points, which can then be used to redeem prizes from the in-app store, such as prints, exhibition tickets, books and more. Go With Yamo also create custom virtual exhibitions for galleries and artists. You can find all of these on their website, along with some great blog content, including artist interviews, exhibition recommendations, quizzes and reviews. The app is free to download from the App Store and the Google Play Store, so make sure you check it out and visit their website, www.gowithyamo.com. That's www.gowithyamo.com.
1: Hello and welcome to Art on a Podcast, the podcast created by Art on a Postcard. Um, welcome back for another episode. This time I will be speaking to Cathy Tabak for. Um, a lovely chat about her artwork and um, coming up in the art world, leaving your job behind and really making that jump, um, as well as her fascination with botanicals and uh, architecture as well. Before we get stuck in though, um, we are have a new auction house uh, that we're working with for this winter auction we're working with auction collective Um, they're a very exciting auction house uh, based in london and have really put on some international fantastic auctions they are open for artists art organizations and charities which is where we come in so I chatted with auctioneer and director Tom Best Um, he's the founder of auction collective um, and a former Christie's auctioneer and contemporary art specialist so he spent six years at Christie's um, in London as an auctioneer and two years in humanitarian aid before combing these twin passions for art and social good into the auction collective um, so Tom has raised over 15 million in over 250 international charity auctions in 12 countries. So I'll just let those figures sink in, um, okay. as I open, uh, the podcast with a chat with Tom, just on really how it works, how the, um, you know, how you can register to bid, how all of that stuff happens. Um, and Tom's feelings towards auctions, are extremely infectious so I will let you crack on with those and I'll meet you around the other side for an interview with Kathy Tabak.
2: Great to meet you. How are you? Good 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 uh, excited good about good. the art on the postcard sales it's gonna be mega.
0: Yeah well yeah I think some of the artwork is genuinely some of the best we've ever had I think it's such a good auction it's such a good group of postcards so I'm super excited as well. Um, So this is obviously the first time that we're working with Auction Collective Um, and for people who maybe haven't heard of the Auction House before or maybe they have but they didn't know quite who you were, um, what's the story behind Auction Collective?
2: So the full story of the Auction Collective is um, I used to work at Christie's Auction House. Uh, I was an auctioneer there and contemporary art specialist. Then I left and went to work for a charity for a couple of years um and in that time had lots of friends who were keen to buy affordable artwork and lots of artists who wanted to sell at auction but there's no one running this for for the direct auctions of artists not making auctions fun and kind of uh, accessible to people um auctions are amazing i'm totally biased because i'm a, a massive auction geek but auctions are so much fun there's you know, for, for buyers, they're the only form of um, retail where negotiating a price is, is actually enjoyable and you're negotiating up, which is even more bizarre that people enjoy negotiating prices up. Uh, and for artists and sellers, we saw that it was a really transparent way for people to sell and you know, realize the true value of their artwork by having an open-ended market. So we started running pop-up auctions Um, just for my friends and group of artists in in Shoreditch standing on a table with a gavel shouting out numbers Uh, and then that grew and it grew and grew and we ended up um, yeah running lots of curated auctions and during the pandemic we uh, pivoted and launched lots of live streaming technology online auction technology um, and had so many requests from people to Wanting to use our platform, that we then pivoted to become a platform to help others run auctions. So now less focus on us running our own auctions, but we help an international roster of artists, organizations, charities um, run uh, four different types of auction, which is super exciting.
0: Yeah, that's so exciting. I love to hear the sort of like how it started slightly more with a DIY approach, like you said, kind of like on tables and it's totally DIY. It was, yeah.
2: It was, it was more just a, you know, something to help friends and artists buy and sell. And now it's become a, an international platform. Um, it's slightly bizarre, and I have to pinch myself to see how far we've come and what we've, what we've achieved.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. That's so exciting. Um, and if someone's never taken part in an auction with you before, how can they register to bid? How does it all work?
2: It's incredibly easy. Um, just go to the auction page, that you basically just start with the artwork find the artwork that you want to buy and it's all self-explanatory through there if you try to bid it will say log in And if you haven't created an account you just need to create an account and then put in your bid um for the time for the art on a postcard auctions these are timed auctions timed auction also known as a online auction or a silent auction um it's the ebay style countdown clock where there's a limited amount of time the countdown goes on you can put in either a single bid or a max bid and the software then bids on your behalf against other bidders but only if there are other bidders there's no kind of pushing up prices without actually having any competition um and we we encourage people to leave max bids because you never know what might happen in you know in the run-ups the auction your laptop or your phone might run out of battery your Um, cat might decide to chuck a glass of water all over your keyboard and your computer can't function. And so if you put in your max bid, you can just walk away and let the software do the bidding. But the really exciting thing with our timed auctions is that in the last two minutes, or if anyone bids in the last minute of the auction, the entire auction gets extended by two minutes. And we did that so that it gives everyone an equal chance to bid again, rather than having just one, you know, lots ending one at a time. We wanted the entire auction to be extended. So if you're bidding on lot number 67 and you're bidding and you suddenly get outbid, you've reached your maximum price. You can then go, I've missed out on lot 67. I'll go to my second choice, which is actually lot number five. And you can bid on that. And it might be that you bid then in the last minute, you then knock someone else off and then they get a chance to bid elsewhere. It's almost like a, a game of bidding musical chairs, which is um, <laughs> incredibly exciting. Um, and because the, to give that you know, the best experience and the easiest way for people to navigate between all the different auction lots and not get too overwhelmed with having 500 artworks, uh, we've actually split that out into five different auctions that will all be ending at a set time throughout the day. There's a half an hour period between each one ending. Um, and we, we don't anticipate people bidding the extension for more than half an hour, but we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: that sounds super exciting i can't wait um and then once the bids are closed like after you know all is said and done and everyone's had their bids in um what will then happen will people get an email or how their works get to them
2: yeah they get an automatic email that says uh please can you pay for it and um they please should pay and then uh they'll be shipping instructions following that and we'll get the artwork to you as soon as possible and they can pay by credit card um or uh, debit card or bank transfer so that's
0: perfect that's some very good and um, practical advice there from tom thank you so much tom
2: practical yeah um
0: <laughs> i will let you get back to your extremely busy schedule thank you so much for um for dropping into the podcast and filling in myself and our listeners with your um
2: interesting information not at all. Well, um, Can't wait to see what happens. Best of luck to everyone bidding in the auction. Uh, and if you've got any questions at all, just ping us an email at bids at bidsattheauctioncollective.com and we will get back to you.
1: Tom Best there from the Auction Collective. I hope you found that interesting and you picked up some good tips. Now, today I have one of the winter auction artists on the podcast, as I mentioned, Cathy Tabak. She has created some lovely pieces for us in the past too. So I'm really glad to have got the chance to speak with her in the podcast. In the episode, we chat about architecture, plant portraits and what it's like to make the jump into the art world, working as a full-time artist. Cathy Tabac is a French painter working between France and the UK with a passion for the mesmerising power of colour. She has exhibited in both London and her native France and holds degrees in fashion textile, a major in textile design and a minor in fine art and art history and archaeology, both in Lyon. Tabak's work can be found in private collections worldwide. Kathy's work collides imaginary forms with existing landscapes through the use of both architectural and botanical elements. Her compositions incorporate a hint of surrealism as to alter presumed proportion and a saturated colour palette to punctuate emotive mood. Hope you enjoy the episode and I'll catch you on the other side.
3: Yeah, I can.
0: How are you? Hi. Yeah, good.
3: Good, and you? Thank you.
0: Yeah, good. I'm so glad we finally got to chat. How are you? How have you been?
3: I'm well, thank you. I spent uh, the summer in France, where I'm from, in Lyon. Mm -hmm. So that's been great. I've just been painting all summer. And I've returned to the UK early September. I'm in Devon right now, but I'm moving to Brighton uh, oh. next week or so. So I'm kind of, you know, transitioning as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it's a bit hectic. <laughs> uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> but great, you know?
0: Yeah. And why Brighton? Why was that the place that you landed on?
3: Um, originally, so I've been, I lived in London for nine years.
2: Mm-hmm. And then during
3: lockdown, I suppose, like many other people, and then my husband thought, oh, you know, we, we want to move, we want to go somewhere else, and maybe, who knows, buy a property. And we thought Devon, because that's where he's originally from. And actually, we changed our minds, so now we're moving to Brighton. <laughs> yeah. I think we just both want to be a bit closer um, to London as well. And, mm. yeah, I have friends there as well. I think there's a nice yeah. art scene mm. uh, and yeah, as I just said, it's an hour away from London. So that's, that's. Yeah.
0: That's so funny. Cause w- when the lockdown hit my, my partner and I, we went straight to Suffolk where he's from, which is probably quite similar to Devon in that way. It's, you know, it's quite rural. Yeah. And it's like far away because I guess at the time, you know, you're like, I just want to escape. I want to leave right now. Exactly. So got, in your mind, you're like, yeah, I could do the countryside. I could be, I could just be at one with nature. And then exactly. you're there for some time and you're kind of like, well, I also need some art around me and I need (laughs) need to go to (laughs) to a cafe or I need to you know go to an exhibition or whatever so it makes perfect sense. That's exactly it. Yeah Yeah, exactly so Brighton sounds like a really good place for you and how do you feel like um how do you think your art changes as you move from place to place you know you mentioned you know being from France and then moving to London has that kind of um, dual nationality, if you
3: like, uh, influenced your artwork? I don't know, actually, if it really does. It's hard to tell, really. I, I don't think so, if I'm fully honest, because mm-hmm. I suppose I've been juggling between... Well, I'm, I'm UK-based, but I go to France often to, to see my family and everything. Uh, but I think I've been doing that for so long that it's kind of in my routine. So I don't really see it as a change per se, so I I don't really think it it influences my work. Yeah, Uh, sure, okay. And so if we're
0: talking about influences, what would you say, I mean, this is a huge question, I know, to just go straight in with, but what would you say (laughs) is, for you, your biggest influences that you draw from?
3: Um, I suppose the first one, I mentioned him many times now, but is David Hockney. Um, mm-hmm. I went to an exhibition of his, a retrospective in Paris at the Centre Pompidou. I think it was 2017, and it literally blew my mind. And I wasn't really painting daily back then at all. Um, mm-hmm. Only kind of started two, three years ago properly, let's say. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just everything from his early abstracts to his 70s uh, pool sides, which are my is my favorite decade of his and then to his iPads his um photographs as well I don't know I was just really really how do you say tongue-tied I think yeah like really Mm. but in obviously in a very positive way I was really overwhelmed with all the colors and the big canvases and I don't know it just really made me think maybe I want to be an artist as well. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah that's amazing. Um, Um, I can kind of see you know he obviously in that period that you said that you love you know his swimming pool kind of paintings.
3: Yeah.
0: His colour palette is extremely poppy and he always leans into those kind of blues and this was something that I wanted to bring up with you and it's quite interesting that you know you mentioned Mm. him because am I right in saying that there's that influence in the colors that you choose as well with your
3: work I suppose so but I think that would be kind of unconscious of the color mm. because blue has always been my favorite color even when I was a child I had a blue bedroom and I don't know I just always always love blue so I think it, it would be hard for me to sometimes I try to paint with other colors obviously I incorporate a lot of greens and the reds, yellows, sometimes pinks, but blue is is the main color. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it isn't consciously related to my influence. Um, my name is Hockney. Yeah,
0: yeah. maybe. Well, maybe yeah. it's just like you know, with all of these things, it's probably, you know, a mesh of all your different experiences, you know, throughout yes, your life, and probably. it's kind of comes through in the blue. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that features in your work, which is. I think for me, the most, you know, having viewed your work and, you know, it's incredibly beautiful and tranquil. And you often take those, um, it feels like a certain time of day. It feels like a sort of sunrise hour in the corner of a room and you catch the light really beautifully. But the two things that feature, perhaps from, you know, an outside perspective, the most for me in the works it is your architecture and the botanical elements as well. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about those two elements, where they come from, why you return to them, and why marry the two together?
3: Interesting question. Yeah, I, I started with more architectural scenes that had no actually botanical elements really, but that was, I don't know, three, four years ago, but I wasn't really sure. I was really searching for, you know, my style and what I like to paint, et cetera. I've always loved architecture and interiors, something that's always fascinated me. And I just like clean lines. I, I wish I was more of a messy artist sometimes <laughs> in my brushstrokes. but naturally, I just like lines and 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 clean and uh, neat. So I think that's that's also why the architectural side comes in um, quite often and then I just realized I just love plants and I just have many many plants around me I'm a bit of a crazy plant lady <laughs> um, I had a, a small flat in Stock when I was still living in London I had about 25 plants there and during lockdown it's mainly during lockdown I suppose that I started to do what I like to call botanical portraits because they're mm-hmm. usually often just a single plant or a single vase so that's why I like to them portraits i suppose and i had to look around me really you know look at my surroundings and i collect a lot of um it's an object you know vases or little sculptures obviously i started creating my still lifes and i kind of go through phases i i can get bored a bit of something so i would let's say a phase I would point, paint more bathrooms and architectural scenes and pools and then another phase I'll just do very 2D uh, well botanical portraits and then I'll focus more on the shadows so then I realized in my flat I had an amazing light which I didn't really see before because I used to work from a studio in, in Dalston mm. and yeah I realized that golden hour was just amazing. And it was just quite random with some of my objects. So then I started taking pictures. I then thought I just never really thought of light in my work before. Mm. So it was just a very new element uh, for me. And ever since, it's been, well, a a year and a half. Mm. And I'm obsessed with shadows. Every time I I see a shadow somewhere, I have to take a picture. but I would like to, at some point, join the still lifes, well, the botanical and shadows and the art, 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 sorry, architectural side. <laughs> but for now, it's a bit difficult for me to join everything. So I'm kind of going step by step. Um, but it is something I like to work on somebody mm,
0: I love that I love now that answer you... your question yeah I think that's wonderful that's so interesting and <laughs> I think it's so fascinating how you know you you are um, someone who is obviously aware of the fact that it's a process and you're not trying to kind of you know finish it now and and get everything done you're aware that in the future certain things will start to sort of creep in and maybe leave and join together and 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 I love that I think that's a really sounds like a really fun way to work as well that you're constantly on the hunt and noticing different things and taking the photographs it sounds like a nice way of working (laughs) as ways
3: thank you yeah (laughs) I Um, mean I try just because I as I said, I, I get a bit bored, and I have to like what I do. So I can't force myself to just keep going with, you know, a style that maybe people like more than another one. I, I mm-hmm. have to like what I work on. If I don't, is the result the results not is just not going to be good. Mm-hmm. So I have to really go with, um, yeah, with my heart, I suppose, and just what I what I want to paint.
0: Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who listen to the podcast are not necessarily artists themselves, but they're people who love art and they're people who, um, you know, like myself and like so many people wish that, you know, they could have a life that involved more art and making more art. And you, you know, you described that taking this jump a few years ago, like, you know, relatively recently and, you know, the grand scheme yeah. of things, hopefully it will be um, a long, a much, much longer career for you. Hopefully. It's like, ha- how did you take that? How did you take that jump into doing it full time and taking it on? Um, and what was that experience like for you? Like, what kind of advice would you give to someone thinking about taking that jump themselves
3: um suppose it was a work in progress for sure because I come from technically a textile background I did um yeah first BA when I was 18 in uh, textile design and my minor was fine art actually Mm -hmm. and then I thought I wanted to work in fashion but then I didn't so I moved to London when I was about 20 and um I ended up just working in, in retail, which I just didn't like. I, th- I suppose it was the, just the, the easy way and it just happened naturally. But I was uh, deeply unhappy, if I'm honest. So then I moved mm. back to France for a year where I studied again. Um, and I studied art history and archaeology this time because I thought maybe I wanted to be a curator. I didn't really know. We're still kind of uh, searching you know, myself and um, Then it started really progressively. I, as a very anxious person, art was really my therapy. I mean, Mm -hmm. I did take art classes when I was young, but I never, ever thought in a million years that it could be my my actual job. So it was always on the side, but, you know, maybe a drawing a week, I don't know, something like that. And then it really, really helped the anxiety. So I suppose just simply art therapy, really. Mm -hmm. And... I suppose the more you draw, the more you paint, kind of you know, better you become. I really think it's it has to be kind of a daily practice. Yeah. And um the key word is to work, really. So obviously at some point when I was juggling uh part-time jobs and being a painter, wasn't really easy every day because obviously sometimes you have to work more hours because you want to earn more money but then it means you're working less so then it's just lockdown you know, has just helped me focus because obviously I was um what was the word you know furloughed. when you're at work sorry furloughed thank you and <laughs> then that yeah, word was, just...
0: was gonna kill me at one point Everyone was furloughed, <laughs> locked down, hunkering no, down. Oh, I know. I'm glad you forgot it. I'm glad you forgot
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, I was just painting every day at home, which I realized I really liked, even though I had my studio for obvious reasons I couldn't access very easily. And uh, yeah, I loved working at home because I, I loved to cook, so I could just do both at the same time-ish, during drying, you know, <laughs> times. Yeah. And um, And then... The artist support pledge really helped me, well sell works during mm-hmm. lockdown, and yeah. then I did uh, something called the lock the lockdown editions. Yeah, with Delphin Gallery, mm-hmm. where they were releasing prints from various artists, and a hundred percent of the profit was going to the artist, mm-hmm. which obviously was really really amazing during those times, and. Uh, and then after a few months, I realized, well, actually, I'm selling a bit. So maybe, who knows, maybe I can try and be full-time. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's really not easy every month. I don't want to portray it as if it's like some kind of dreamy mm-hmm. life at the beginning, because it, it might be for some, but, it, you know, it's it's a lot of work. And you, I feel like I had to dedicate myself 100% in order for it to work let's say I don't know if work is the right term but you I'm sure you understand what I yeah. what I mean um so yeah it was really gradual I didn't just go all cold turkey but mm-hmm. um yeah I think my my best advice would just be work 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 work, work. Mm-hmm. Uh, often I'm just a bit of a hermite I suppose and just you know yeah. just work but you have to be careful i mean i speak for myself not to burn out so some days i start and it's just not my day and yeah. I, I can't carry on so it's just some just you know ends up in the bin really so you have to pick your your days as well and, and take care of yourself and, and rest it's really important
0: yeah 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 that sounds like really great advice and you know i think it's um it's really the more that I speak to artists about their practice and you know the more that I kind of get a sense of what life is like I think it's you know really it's really inspiring in a way to hear just the dedication that it takes and that it's never easy no matter what kind of position you're in it you know in terms of your career there's always going to be those you know setbacks and some months are going to be different to other months and I guess you know when you describe using art as a means of kind of art therapy it means that I guess it makes the whole thing kind of worth it or that's at least what I'm assuming from what you can say you know it's like
3: it,
0: 100%. it does seem yes. worth it yeah yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Um, and so now, I, what are you working on at the minute? Are you, um, you know, both in terms of uh, your art in general, kind of way, you know, the direction you want it to go, but also have you got any kind of projects, exhibitions coming up?
3: So I actually just finished an exhibition I was in with Delphin Gallery. It was a duo show with an, other artist, uh, Elizabeth Power. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was in their new space in Covent Gardens. That was great. I painted, uh, well, I presented eight works, some of them my friend, because they were on paper, and all the canvases I painted in France. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice, nice summer project as well mm-hmm. uh, for me. And I think it was uh, my biggest exhibition so far, because yeah, I was showing uh, eight, eight works. So that was really good. It literally ended a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Finish my Amazing. cars as well, my postcards Yeah, you guys <laughs> last week, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then what else? I'm going to be part of a group show um, at the other art fair in mm-hmm. October in London. So yeah, that should nice. be nice. And mm-hmm. then a few other projects, but I can't really talk about them yet. So Okay. Watch this but, space. <laughs> uh,
0: yes. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and so, you know, you mentioned your art on a postcard pieces. Um, And I was just wondering if you could say a little bit about those artworks, you know, where what kind of inspiration you drew from and all of that sort of stuff.
3: Sure. So I uh, created three. One is a kind of single uh, still life with shadow. I basically tried to explore the main themes I work with. Mm-hmm on. Uh, so yeah, that one. Then the second one is a 2D still life with fish because fish became yeah. kind of a little obsession during uh lockdown again. I think mm-hmm. it was to I, I don't really like lo- I don't work with um I don't intentionally add symbolism let's say in in, in my work. It just Kind of realized afterwards. Mm. And I suppose I realized I felt just literally like a fish in a little uh, oh. fishbowl, you know, and just yeah. a feeling of isolation. And um, you can see the outside, but you know, you can't really reach. So I suppose mm. that. And then my third one is, um, is like a single kind of plant, it's the Monstera, which I paint the most because uh, yeah, I can develop her I like to call her mm-hmm. in many many ways so she's like dancing and I like to paint plants in movement as well mm-hmm. um, often kind of surrealistic movements I suppose because uh, yeah. you know they're alive and so they should kind of be a bit in movement
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And you know, it's always just such an honor for us to have artworks that are really representative of the work that you make. You know, it's like these are really uh, mini kind of versions of the actual work that you make, exactly. and that is so special to us. Um, and honestly, we're just so so grateful to have you involved. And you know, we oh, always version. love working with you. Um, and yeah, thank you so, so much. Thank you as well for coming on to my the pleasure. podcast. My well, pleasure. Thank you for
3: inviting me. Yeah. I'm a little bit shy. Sorry, it's my first podcast.
0: <laughs> no, you you yeah. didn't come across shy. Really? You just, oh. no, you're, no, you speak about your work really beautifully. And I think it's, yeah, oh, thank it's you. a lovely podcast. Um, I'm also, I, I will be hopefully going to Lyon in December for the Fete de Lumières. I yeah gonna be ha- because oh. i went a few years ago as well and i just absolutely loved oh, yeah. it so maybe i'll go again so if you've got any tips any leon based tips then i'd love to hear
3: well you know i actually will be in Lyon in december so if you do go oh, let wow. me know you will grab a coffee yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. lovely it's let's lovely. do that
2: and okay. i will give
3: you some tips 100% <laughs> brilliant <laughs> yeah, that's oh cool. yeah yeah
0: well, best of luck with the move to Brighton. Brighton is so much oh, fun. Thank you so much. Yeah,
3: I can't wait to have a new studio as well. So, yeah.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, wonderful. All right, Kathy, I will let you get on. I'm sure you've got lots of painting that needs doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank I'll you, Rosa. You know.
3: You're super sweet. Thank you. Have a lovely <laughs> yeah. day and speak to you soon, hopefully. Yeah, Bye. Bye, Kathy. <laughs>
1: Kathy Tabak there for Art on a Postcard on the Art on a Podcast and uh, yeah I hope you found it interesting. I think Kathy is super lovely and I think it's really always awe-inspiring to hear kind of how somebody has just done what we all kind of want to do and just made that jump into art. So I hope that you found some inspiration there. And if you want to check out any of the artworks in the auction, or you want to find out any information, you're thinking, that all sounds great. I love the sound of Kathy Toback's work, but how can I bid on it? How could I possibly own one of her artworks? Well, it's very much more simple than you think, as Tom described at the the top of the episode. So all you have to do is go to artonapostcard.com. Just go there. All the information is there. Um, Follow us on Instagram, at artonapostcard, of course, because you know live updates and all that as Tom said it's a lot more simple than you probably are thinking is if you've never bid with us before and in a few weeks time you may well be the proud owner of an incredible postcard sized masterpiece I hope you've enjoyed and take care